Here we go. All right, the poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison chosen specially to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. Ow. On a scale of one, Ow. on a scale, ah. on a scale, Ow. on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? Hello and welcome back to Behind the Dreams Podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have my sister. Christian We are to talk all things Disney from the theme parks, the movies, the video games, TV shows, streaming services, anything Disney. We will talk about it. And what we're talking about now is the talk of the town, the talk of the day, Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge, Rise of the Resistance, media previews. Uh, we're Today and the ride opens um, tomorrow from when we're recording, and that date would be December 5th. So if you're listening to it after December 5th, uh, it's already open. Go go ride it. Um, if it's operating, go ride it. Um, uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit since we recorded last. Uh, just busy, you know, busy everything there. So hopefully we get more consistent. But how have your Two months been. Uh, pretty good. We've done um, Disney one other time since the time with you, but we haven't recorded since either of those times, really. Um, and we've done. I'm still gonna say Smugglers, Smugglers Run. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite a few times now at this point, and we are going back this weekend and crossing our fingers that maybe we'll be able to. Um, get on the rise of the resistance. You know what else also came out today, too, was uh, the new Sensi products, because they do Disney stuff. They oh, had yeah. a uh, Chewbacca Sensi Buddy, C-3PO Sensi Clip Buddy thing, and uh, a Millennium Falcon Warmer. And the dish of the warmer is Han Frozen in Carbonite, so it looked pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we're getting one of those. Uh <laughs> Um, Where are you going to put all these things? I don't know. Uh, in, in the real answers, in a box until we probably get a bigger house. Because uh, that's where I they're already, all right like, now. I have such a hard time when I pull out, like, I have so many Christmas ones that I'm already like, okay, well, i got to leave some of this in the box because I don't have all this space anymore. Right. <laughs> to figure out which one you want to use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have them in, like, every room. So, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll find a spot. Uh, or rotate them out. That's probably what it'll be. Um, yeah, so I guess I never got to really say what I thought of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, so I guess we will, um, go ahead and just kind of give my thoughts on it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I have the collectible Coke bottles. Uh, I kept those. Um, they're in my room. And, uh, I mean, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run was okay. I, I, I still like Star Tours better. Um, yeah. yeah, I do. I, I think maybe I was just really good at flying it. I don't know. But the parts I had to do, I did well enough where I felt like I wasn't actually doing anything. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could tell that it 
affects stuff because dad was not doing a great job. And <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, like, I can feel that part. But, like, when I was the left pilot, so I went up and down or left and right? Uh, Up and down, I believe. I was... Yeah, I was the one on the left. I didn't I didn't do the hyperspace. Dad did the hyperspace, all that stuff. But, like, when I had to, like, do certain things, I felt like I was doing it well enough where I felt like I was on the rails, you know, like that I wasn't affecting anything. Right. So, to me, I was like, I don't even know if I'm really affecting anything. It just feels like I'm just doing this. Um, kind of like Mission Space, uh, when they have you press buttons and you're like, oh, it's not really doing anything. Um... But that was never supposed to be the marquee ride. Uh, this this Rise of Resistance is. Um, we'll get to the reviews on that in just a second. Uh, you can find videos of it too if anybody wants to ride the whole ride. Um, via via yeah. via YouTube. Um, I will say I I liked the atmosphere of Galaxy's Edge. I liked just walking around it. Uh, the shops were great. Um, I really enjoyed Olga's Cantina, which we were able to walk into right after we got off the ride. Um, it wasn't a long wait yet. I mean, we went for, like, the 6 a.m. opening. Um, so we rode the ride. We were off the ride before 7, I think. And then in Olga's Cantina, we had this Mustafar cinnamon roll type thing. It's just a uh -huh. huge cinnamon roll with raspberry... Uh, cream on top and um, some Oreo crumbs and then we had Jabba Juice which was this excellent blend of fruit it was really good I wish they sold it where I could take it home because it was really enjoyed Jabba Juice I wish I would have been able to get another glass of it um, you know seeing the Falcon of course is, is great um, the pre-show and the queue in Millennium Falcon queue is great. Um, I guess the ride was just kind of like, for me, didn't live up to the hype that people were, were giving it. And I just think also, it didn't feel familiar at times, you know, because you're in a new place there and you're just going to get like, like Star Tours, you have the part where you are like, riding certain parts of the movie, right? So it has that familiarity type thing. Uh -huh. um, which I think we're going to feel with Rise of the Resistance because even though it doesn't take place in a movie, you see enough of that stuff where it makes you feel like you're in a movie. You know, like where you're in the world of Star Wars. Well, I think Millennium Falcon, other than sitting in the Falcon cockpit, a lot of the stuff you're seeing is not like a lot of like, I think you go to Corellia, which is where Han Solo is from. It's what it looks like. I'm not sure if they actually say what planet you go to to get the coaxium and everything, but, uh -huh. um, it, yeah, just, it, it seemed like, one thing I didn't like about it was how dark and gray it was all the time. Like, when you're riding through to get the coaxium and you get to the planet, the planet's, like, filled with smog. The underground you go to is all dark and gray. Like, there wasn't a lot of... where you can easily see the stuff that you're supposed to be looking at. Uh -huh. You know. Um, but, yeah, I still enjoyed the land a lot. It's a huge land with lots of detail. 
and I can't wait to when we get back down there uh, ride Rise of the Resistance which we will just quickly kind of talk about here's a this is from Entertainment Weekly first reviews they kind of did like I guess a roundup of uh, people reviews um, so the ride experience okay is 18 minutes long wow so what that means is not the ride itself the ride experience. So once you all the pre-shows, there's like two or three pre-shows plus the ride. All equals 18 minutes. The ride itself is around five. Oh, that's gonna hate the pre-shows. Around five minutes. Um. Uh, so the basic storyline is the audience plays new resistance recruits on an assignment by Ray, Daisy Ridley in a holographic form in one of the pre-shows. Your journey takes you from a trading port town of Black Spire Outpost, which is where Galaxy's Edge takes place, and it takes you to a transport ship that gets captured by a Star Destroyer, and then you get imprisoned in a cell block. Then you get rescued and escape. Uh, so that's that's where like the multiple openings are from. You start out on Black Spire, you get to the ship, then you get captured at the Star Destroyer, then the ride actually kind of starts. Um, other actors from Disney's Star Wars film trilogy who reprised their roles include John Boyega, who plays Finn, Adam Driver, who plays Kylo Ren, Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron, and uh, Donald Gleason, who plays General Hux. Um, so we'll just talk about kind of what they have here. Uh, the Orange County Register. Rise of the Resistance will leave you wondering again and again how Walt Disney Imagineering pulled off one visual illusion after another, with each scene somehow outdoing the last. Disney's new Star Wars attraction redefines what E-Ticket stands for. Extraordinary. Everywhere you look at Star Wars. The entire attraction is a 360-degree scene out of a movie. It feels like you're really on a Star Destroyer in outer space, the illusion is complete. Imagineering has recreated the look and feel of a Star Destroyer right down to the droid ports where astromechs can plug into the ship and you can reach out and touch it all. If you're like me, you will find yourself wanting to linger in each new space you encounter in Rise of the Resistance. Every scene has so many visuals to drink in, you can't see them all in a single ride. So that's from the Orange County Register. The LA Times says, A hearty ride that marries plenty of drama, some from its cast and some from audio animatronic figures, with flashy modern tech and many old-fashioned sleights of hand. It's also an attraction that will deliver on many early promises of Galaxy's Edge, boasting full-scale, highly active droids, alien creatures, lightsabers, and an impressive use of vehicle movement that succeeds in conveying the power of magic-like force at heart of the Star Wars universe. Rise of the Resistance is an attraction that is designed to entertain us, but it does so because it never stops feeling like it is expressly responding to us. So there's the first two. What's your thoughts on just hearing those first two before I go on to the next one? Good and detailed and everything. So CNN 
says, the technology is so ambitious, four different ride types that all need to seamlessly sync together, including live cast members and several animatronics. With the ride's attraction, we're three dream layers deep, having an experimental Star Wars adventure and the thrill that dream promises. Uh, mission accomplished. Uh, uh, the way this is written is weird. If the mission was to have great fun, then yes. I'm a Star Wars super fan, and as impressed as I was, I only wish the peril level reached a higher point. I recall being actually scared at Universal Orlando's Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, and I am not all that invested in the franchise. But in my opinion, Rise is a long-standing level of joy and a technological marvel that beats any other attraction in the park in both of those ways. Uh, IGN, which is a video game uh, website, what sets Rise of the Resistance apart from pretty much any other theme park ride is the way it completely immerses you in a galaxy far, far away. But without the pressure of having to pilot the Falcon or carry out other tasks that might affect the outcome of the ride. That's part of my main thing. I don't have to do any work on it uh, with steering. Uh, while Rise of the Resistance is undoubtedly a thrill ride with rapid motion, sudden stops, and sharp turns, it's not going to give you the same adrenaline high as a roller coaster or even Forbidden Journey. Uh, Rise's real strength is in its ability to tell a compelling, cohesive story that ratchets up the tension and gives you guess, uh, keeps you guessing as it unfolds. It all plays out like a believable sequence from one of the films, complete with a rousing, goosebump-inducing score and crisp visuals that CGI backdrops and footage of the actors in addition to practical effects and character projections Rise of the Resistance is a technical marvel that delivers on its promise to fully immerse riders in the Star Wars galaxy with its combination of cutting-edge technology, focused storytelling, and sheer scale. Rise represents an ambitious step forward for Disney, although its emphasis on creating an immersive narrative over roller coaster-style thrills may not completely satisfy the adrenaline junkies in your group. And uh, that is, uh, there's one more. I was going to stop there, but there's one more reaction to read. Hold on, sorry. So we will, uh, since there's only one more, I will read it. This is from Collider. One of the best attractions in Walt Disney World history. Animatronics, trackless vehicles, video screens, surprise drops, massive props, including huge huge AT-ATs, or as people in an older generation call, at at and terrifically, and character cast members all coalesce into the attraction that is Rise of the Resistance, which is why it's kind of unfair to describe this as a ride per se. It's a complete and supremely satisfying experience that wholly immerses you in a brand new Star Wars story. Rise of the Resistance is quite possibly the most immersive attraction I've ever been a part of. Yes, even more so than Flight of Passage. You never quite feel like you're on a ride because you're too wrapped up in all the impressive going-ons around you. So, that's just a collection of reactions that Entertainment Weekly put together. And they all sound great. Um, uh -huh. Other stuff I've read from, like, message boards and Twitter, a lot of people saying this is the best ride Disney has ever made. That's crazy. So, um... I'm really stoked. There are a lot of... There are some animatronics. There's a Kylo Ren animatronic, at least one or two of those. Um, I think there's a Finn animatronic and a General Hux one as well. So, 
really excited to see, but it, everybody in the press was uh, that was there today was really talking it up. Some people say, well, of course they were invited, but like IGN, one of you know, like IGN gave Millennium Falcon a seven out of ten. They gave this ride a nine point five out of ten. So wow. it's not like they're always giving everything nine point fives. You know, they they, they right. have been more fair with other uh, other rides. Um. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. I've watched some of the video. I will say that I've watched some of the video. Um. Mainly, I just tried to skim through. I didn't like stay on anything long enough to like really get any spoilers. I was just like, oh, I want to kind of catch some animatronics or you know how this kind of thing works, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there was like a six minute video I found somewhere online and I just kind of skimmed through it and it had part of the pre-show and you know some of the ride and it kind of edited out important stuff anyway so that way I guess there were some surprises still because uh, I don't want to experience it all on just a uh, my phone or something you know like I want to be able to ride it right right um yeah, so that is kind of the buzz around Rise of the Resistance. Super pumped for that. Uh, they also announced some stuff yesterday. I guess when they had the press there, they were like, hey, guess what? We're going to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Yesterday they talked about Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the hotel. Um, that's going to be opening in 2021. That's all I really told you. That's the brand new part of it is that we have a date, 2021. Not even a date, just a window. Uh, they also announced that Remy's Ratatouille Adventure at Epcot is going to be opening in summer of 2020. Woo-hoo. So I was hoping it would be ready by the time we got down there. Whenever we go. We're going, what, probably end of April, end of May, somewhere somewhere in that yeah. range. So probably not going to be open when we go. You can go whenever, whatever. Uh <laughs> I mean, I rode the ride before. I was just kind of hoping mom and mom and dad, I'd be able to be there for their first ride of it or whatever. Yeah. Because you know they'll go down like ten times in a year anyway, so they'll then they'll be pros of the Ratatouille ride. Uh, I think they already. Well, I think there's already plans of uh, the end of May. Is that the official? No, no, no. I think that they're gonna have to come back down at the oh, end of May. Okay. Uh, Beauty and the Beast sing-along and other new films debuting at Epcot January 17th. We've talked about these movies before coming to the Epcot. Um, awesome Planet is going to be in the Land Pavilion. It showcases Earth, beauty, and diversity in a 10-minute film featuring spectacular imagery, inferior effects, and an original music score from Academy Award-winning composer Stephen Price. This is from Disney Parks blog. Uh, Beauty and the Beast Sing-Along in the France Pavilion is directed and produced by Don Hahn, producer of the animated and live-action Beauty and the Beast films, and invites guests to participate in a twist on a tale as old as time. Features narration from Angela Lansbury, who played Mrs. Potts in the original film. The new sing-along will run in rotation with Impressions de France, which will receive an upgrade to 4K projections. Canada Far and Wide and Circle Vision 360 is an update to the previous O Canada film with new scenes, new musical score by 
uh, Canadian composer Andrew Lockington, and new narration by award-winning actors Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, known from American Pie. Um, another thing announced, Disney's DuckTale World, uh, World Showcase Adventure announced uh, for Epcot. It's going to be replacing the uh, Phineas and Ferb, as rumored. Uh, and it's going to be through the Disney Parks mobile app. The Play Disney Parks. The one that you use for the uh, Galaxy's Edge stuff. The one you use in the Soaring queue for their quiz show. Um, uh-huh. That's how it's going to be done. Um, and it's based off the new DuckTales. And last but not least... Oh, actually, two things. Both of them relate it to Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse Shorts Theater is debuting March 2020 in Hollywood Studios. So right now where they usually do those, um, I think this is going to be right by where you meet Olaf right now. Kind of by Star Tours. They have that theater. Used to show the Star Wars show, the the, um, Path of the Jedi. They're doing a Mickey Shorts Theater. It looks really cool. All the seats have a top half that's black and the bottom half is like Mickey's shorts. Um, so it looks really cool in the picture here. Um, and it's going to be an exclusive, I believe, exclusive brand new short of Mickey Mouse from the Disney Channel new cartoon series. Um, it's an original short that will... Uh, it's called Vacation Fun, it looks like, according to the art tier, um, that you'll be able to watch in there. Um, and that's kind of going on at the same time as Runaway Railway, which is the last thing to talk about with Parks. Uh, it's got an opening date, finally, March 4th of 2020. So this will definitely be open uh, by the time we get down there. Are you there? Yeah. Any thoughts? I was doing, I was, I'm doing a few things I want to from. Uh, no, I'm excited for the fact that we know that now the Mickey's Runaway Rail will be open when we're there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not there, you know, multiple times. Um, and I'm excited because I, I mean, like when I was reading that, there's just so many things that are opening in 2020. I mean, I know that a lot of the other big things are coming 2021, but to have these like little things, you know, Ratatouille and this to be opening next year is exciting. Mhm. Yeah, we got Tron. It's going to be what 2021 or so. So. Yeah, and so is Guardians, right? Yeah. So we got some stuff to look forward to in the next few years here. Um. Okay, um, so that's all of our park news. Oh, some some other news uh, here. Um, the the ride Rise of Resistance did have some breakdowns throughout the day. It took forty five minutes to get somebody off of the ride uh, for an evacuation. Um, that stuff's probably gonna happen. 
we should be in the clear when we get there probably at that point, but I think for the first few months it's going to probably be rough. Um, yeah. You know, with it being such a technological achievement, uh, these things break a lot. So uh, until they kind of get into a groove, I guess, on how to, you know, work it easier. Um, yeah. Uh, there was also Disney is changing their... WDW News Today tried to spin this as a bad thing. Let me let me pull it up. From their Twitter, anyway. Uh, one And they were the ones that were very negative about the ride. Not that they didn't like it. They were just like, it went down a lot today, and you won't hear that from anybody else but us. Um, so Disney is announcing, uh, back in July of last year, said that they would be moving away from all plastic single-use goods, with uh, which included the transition to paper straws. They removed lids. Um, and uh, now they are moving to, uh, forward to more sustainable paper goods. So the way that they had tweeted this out was like here's their headline Walt Disney World transitioning to generic compostable plates at quick service dining locations just the word generic makes it sound bad um, these are plates that are better for the environment um, and that's what Disney has been trying to move towards uh, so these will be better for I just don't see how this is a bad thing. So. Yeah. I agree. Um, it, I, I don't need I don't. my plate to say Walt Disney World. I know where I am, okay? Uh, I, I don't need it to be that specific. You know how they used to have that kind of stuff on there. So yeah. Just yeah. give me something to eat on. It's going to be covered by food most of the time anyway. So I'm not that concerned about it. Okay, now that that's out of the way, we're going to move on to something that I've been wanting to talk about and couldn't talk about for a while, but um, Disney Plus has launched. It's been almost a month. It's been about three weeks or so, um, and we've had enough time to kind of play around with it, watch some stuff on it. What are your thoughts on Disney Plus? Enjoying it? Your kids enjoying it? What, what's your favorite show? What are you watching? All that good, all that good stuff. I love it. Um, right now, well, we watched The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, we have watched Noel. Um, we've watched like an episode here and there of so many different things because just trying to get these kids attention into something. I've decided that I should probably just stop telling them something to watch and let them come across it themselves because apparently if mom suggests it, it's not as cool. <laughs> um, what if Jay suggested? Yeah. So, oh, I try to use you all the time. Oh, me and Jay love this show. Jay really loves this show. Man, it's like, it's like a hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but we've watched, um, they watched the newer version of DuckTales. Like, they've watched a lot of that on there. They watched the Big Hero 6 show. I think they've completed all those episodes wow. so far. Um, we've watched um, an 
episode or two of like Tailspin or Rescue Rangers. Um, Nathan watched Teacher's Pet the one day. Um, we've definitely watched some of the Disney Channel original movies. Um, me and Nathan watched Get a Clue. Um, we started that one. Remember how I told you the one day they were, I was trying to get them to watch Hounded and they chose something yeah. else because I'm telling you, I swear I just can't suggest something, but, um, they chose a different one and then like, it really wasn't holding anybody's attention. Lucas is like, can we watch something else? So I don't know what we ended up watching at that point. Um, Nathan's watched Descendants, um, but right now they're on a Raven's Home kick. So they've been going through all of those episodes in the last couple of days, and I told them that they need to go back and watch that episode, Raven. They have to get into Gargoyles. Uh, they need to get into Lizzie McGuire. X-Men. Spider-Man, all those oh, 90s already, shows? You know what? They've already watched all of the one series of Spider-Man. There's one cartoon series of Spider-Man that has Miles Morales in it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's the newer one or something. But they've watched all those episodes so far. And, I mean, it was only one season so far. And then they have, like, the second season on Disney XD, but it's not on Disney Plus yet. It'll come on there once season two's done. Yeah, I think is what they so said. that's what I told them. But, yeah, they... Let me tell you, these kids know how to binge-watch shows, and they don't watch anything else until they're done one show, and then they move on to the next show. They don't have Pretty good, around. though. <laughs> That's pretty good. But, um, yeah, so, um, no, we love it. It's so much stuff on there. We watched Home Alone on there the other day. I did, like, too. So much on I did, there. too. I watched it on Monday. Uh, when I came home from work, I was making dinner. I just put on Home Alone. It's only an hour and 42 minutes. It was done by 8 o'clock. Oh, um, we, um, I think we watched it Sunday. Yeah, I think it was Sunday. Um, side note, not that I'm advertising for a different streaming service, but there's a series on Netflix called Movies That Made Us. Have you watched any of that? No, I've heard good things. I heard uh, they have a good Ghostbusters episode on there. They do. So we've we watched all almost all the episodes last night. They only have four episodes. We watched three of them. Um, one's on Die Hard, one's on Home Alone, and one's on Ghostbusters, and then the other one was Dirt Dancing, and I fell asleep during that one. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about that one. But I'll they're watch the other all three. so good. Yeah, I heard I heard it's good. Uh, it's made by the people that did the toys that made us. I haven't watched that though either, so I, I guess. Oh, I, I haven't know. seen that either. Yeah, they they do a whole series on that, like, you know, famous toys. Huh. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So. Uh, um. Mandalorian. It's well worth the six ninety nine a month if anybody's questioning whether or not to buy it. I mean, there's just. Definitely we could is. Probably definitely not is. turn on anything else for a while and not watch everything. Yeah, I haven't been able to watch it as much as I've been wanting to. I'm going to be watching some tonight. I'm going to watch some Star Wars Episode 1, most likely. Got to start my rewatch. I only have 15 days to get done 10 movies. Um, so I will have to start that soon. Um, I watched Home Alone the other night. I've watched the whole first season of Milo Murphy's Law. i got to watch Season 2 of that. But... Uh, for people that don't know, that's a show made by the people that did Phineas and Ferb, and then it crosses over with Phineas and Ferb a lot in season two. Um, so, 
been watching that. Um, I do want to revisit Gargoyles, X-Men, Spider-Man. Haven't had the chance yet. Watched some Star Wars The Clone Wars on there the other night. And uh, The Mandalorian, yeah, which has got to be... I, I really want to get into the Imagineering story. Um, but I haven't had the chance to to watch it. I worry that I'm going to get into it and my dogs are just going to go bananas and I won't be able to f focus. Um you know, like, on it. So I'm going to have to just play it at some point. Um, but it's been really good. I, I really like The Mandalorian. I like these weekly releases that we get. It really lets people build up the... Because I'll tell you what's different, right? I, I love Stranger Things on, on Netflix, right? Yeah. But at this point, if Stranger Things had came out... Um, on the same day as The Mandalorian, people would already be done talking about Stranger Things at this time. Because you binge it, and then you move on. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did something really smart when they did that. This, we are four weeks in or so to The Mandalorian, four episodes, the fifth one launches on Friday. You cannot escape Baby Yoda on Facebook, or Twitter, Instagram, any service you go to, people that don't even know what Star Wars is, I mean, they know what Star Wars is, but people don't even know what Mandalorian is, people may not even know what Disney Plus is, but people know Baby Yoda, they're seeing Baby Yoda. Um, he's popular, he's cute, people are asking for merchandise of him. Uh, by the way, Funko Pop is coming soon. Yeah, I saw that too. And some plushes are coming in, in May. But, uh... Yeah, this is... The weekly release lets people build those memes. It lets people talk about, oh, what do you think Baby Yoda is, you know? Um, it, it makes people... It creates that discussion that, unfortunately, a show like Stranger Things could have that discussion, but since it is on a... All episodes drop on the same day... This discussion instead becomes, and I know I've said this before, but what episode are you on? Oh, cool, you're on episode four. Wait until you get to episode five, right? Uh, with this, everybody's caught up to the same part where it's just like, did you see Mandalorian last night? Yeah, I did. What about this thing? You know, like, and it creates where I, I listen to podcasts that break down each episode, which you can't do on Stranger Things. I've tried. Um, listening to those, but then you're like, alright, but I already, when I'm listening to episode one, I already know what happened, when I'm listening to their episode one breakdown, I already know what happened in episode two, because I watched four in one night, or whatever, you know, um, makes it harder to do, you know, to, to have that culture of building theories, and fans, uh, you know, sharing stuff, so they really did something right with Disney Plus going this way, I think, um, it's just keeping the Mandalorian in the spotlight. It's keeping Isn't Star Wars in the spotlight. Any other thing that they're doing like that? Isn't that all of their shows? All of their shows okay. are like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. High School Musical, the musical, the series is like that. Um. The Imagineering stories dropping episodes each Friday. Uh, that's a six-episode season. I think they've done three. 
or I guess it'd be four. If, no, they've done three. Um, so yeah, that's how it's kind of going with. They chose it as their whole streaming services, you know, like identity of doing weekly releases, and it's working out pretty great. It's keeping all of these shows in the spotlight each week. Nothing's kind of just getting dumped on there and, oops, you know, I forgot yeah. about it, you know. Like, uh, each time they send out a tweet that says, hey, a new episode of this is out today with this, this, and this, keeps reminding me, like, oh, I gotta watch, you know, like, Imagineering yeah. Story, you know. Like, I gotta watch, um, whatever, I, I have not watched High School Musical, the musical, the series, as much as I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it. There's so much stuff on there that I want to watch that it's... I have to kind of... I'm trying to do the Lucas and Nathan approach of trying to watch one thing at a time. Right, So right. once I'm done, like, Milo, I want to try to get to, you know, like, uh, Gravity Falls or Gargoyles, you know, and, and then just finish that show, you know, and then move on to something else. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know... It was nice just being able to put on a Christmas movie, like Home Alone. I do want to watch Noel. Santa Claus is on there. You know, yeah, I think that, 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, on my list. Um, Home Alone 1, 2, and 3 are on there. Uh, don't bother with number 3. Uh, no. We were just talking about that at work today. It's a whole new kid. whole new kid. Not even... It's a new actor, too, but it's a whole new kid. It's not even Kevin. Um... And then Home well, Alone 4... Yeah, at least they didn't... At least they didn't try and pass it off as the same game. Well, they do that later. Which... I gotta Google this now. I think it's Home Alone 4. It was a Freeform exclusive back when it was ABC Family. Oh. Um, Taking Back the House. A 2002 uh, movie. It was a Disney movie. What? How is that? Oh, it was on The Wonderful World of Disney. Never mind. Okay. Uh, but it was a 20th Century Fox movie. Yeah, of course. And, and there's a reason why it's not on Disney+, Plus. I'll, I'll probably tell you. Um, and then they have, hold on, Home Alone Holiday Heist. That's another one. So here's the plot line of number four, Taking Back the House. Peter McAllister, who is finalizing a divorce from his wife, Kate announces to their children, Buzz, Megan, and Kevin, that he and his wealthy girlfriend are hosting the visit of a royal family at her mansion. What? <laughs> uh, so, here's... I want to know what happened here, right? So, John Hughes makes this great movie, Home Alone 1. Well, it's what happens to every movie. They try to get more and more out of it because it does And then Deborah Frank and Steve L. Hayes, who wrote Home Alone 4, were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What if we divorce the parents? (laughs) Why? Why? I I mean, because, like, one, it's a whole new kid, right? A whole new kid playing on, because this is made... Oh, jeez. Years. Years. <coughs> Home Alone 1 was 1990. This is 2002. So this is 12 years later. Um, 
and they're like, you know, we got to go back to Home Alone 3 didn't work because it was a different kid. No, it didn't work because it wasn't Macaulay Culkin. Um, and, uh, yeah, going to a new kid with a kid that doesn't even look anything like Macaulay Culkin uh, doesn't work. French Stewart from, uh, what's his name? Um, he's from a lot of stuff, but he's mainly from Third Rock from the Sun. Plays Marv, who was, you know, one of the, uh, uh, Harry's former sidekick. You know, he was, the he's the tall guy. The tall guy, oh, not the short guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they replaced that guy, too. Um... And then gave him a wife who uh, is the bad person in this one. So it's like the same guy. Really, the guy's like, what? We 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 failed the first two times, so we have to get him again. None of this makes sense. The fact that they're hosting a royal family at the mansion. Who's his girlfriend? Right. Just because she's wealthy? What is she, Meghan Markle or something? I don't know, but. And then Holiday Heist. Let's see if if it's uh, about the same kid again. But this is another... This is 10 years after number 4. So this is 2012. Uh, no, this is about the Baxter family. Finn Baxter. Um, and it's always, look, a group of thieves. How many kids are getting left at home and, and pulling the same stuff? I actually thought that when I read about Hummelin, uh, too. I'm like, how many times is this going to happen to this kid? Twice. But, I mean, uh, well, until they made more. But, I mean, at least with number two, they moved it to New York. Right, right. Because well, that makes all the difference. Even John Hughes wrote number three? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, he did. It's a totally different... Um, Yeah, um, it's a different kid. Alex Pruitt. Um, anyway, that was a long rant of Home Alone. Home Alone 4 and 5. Well, just reading Home Alone 4, the plot of that, I was like, really, you had to go just make the parents divorce? So then, like, when I was watching Home Alone 1, I'm like, oh, they just end up in a divorce anyway. Like, come on, that one shouldn't count. Um, and I, that's a reason why it's probably not on Disney Plus. It's just that four and five are not very good. Uh, I'm sure they might put them on there eventually, but when they launched it, they were like Home Alone one, two, and three are on there because they were all written by the same guy. You know. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Disney Plus. Um. Let me see. I'll just kind of pull up my watch list and, and tell people what I got on here. See if anybody wants to let me know what their watch list looks like. Um, there was a lot of issues the first day of me trying to get on here, but since then it's been pretty rock solid. I haven't had any problems. So, oh yeah, the hit Christmas movie Three Days. Mom used to watch that one all the time, so that, that's on my watch list. It's on oh. Disney+. Plus. Yeah, the one where the girl dies a million times and he keeps going back and reliving it. Yeah. Um, you know what, which one? I don't know if you saw my thing, but the one I was thinking would be on there was that, um, but I think it's not because it was more of a Fox family or ABC family thing. Um, Christmas Every Day. 
Christmas Every Day. That's the one with the kid from Brink, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mom watches that on On Demand every year. Yeah, Um, that's the only only place I ever find it. uh, I have the Simpsons movie on here, Melody Time, Waking Sleeping Beauty. I hear that's a really good documentary. Uh, Gargoyles, Phineas and Ferb, Gravity Falls. Lilo and Stitch the Series, great show. Phil the Future, Avatar, because I haven't watched that yet. Uh, The Simpsons, I've watched a few of those since it came on here. Um, also, another great show. I've only watched two episodes. I really got to get back into watching. I used, I was watching one a day originally, but Legend of the Three Caballeros. Great oh, you show. Know what? They've watched that, too. Great show. Love it. Um, I love having a new show that also has the standard animation style and not, you know, the goofy one. Um, yeah. The Imagineering stories on my watch list, even Stevens. Even Stevens, mainly just for that musical episode. Gotta hear about that moon landing in 1969. Um, and I have some other stuff, but those are kind of like the standouts of what I got on here. Um, the Mandalorian, Milo Murphy. Yeah, and I think on December 6th, uh, they also added that ABC Little Mermaid thing on there, too. Oh, um, yeah, the live. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was cool, even though I haven't watched it and I heard it's terrible. I just thought it was cool that it was like two weeks after it aired, you're like, guess what? It's on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, that's perfect for that kind of stuff. Yeah. You already made it. Just put it where somebody can find it. There you go. Um, uh, since we got some new stuff coming this month. Um, what's coming to Disney+, Plus in December. Here we go. For people that want to know what's coming this month, uh, Glory Road, which is a movie, basketball movie. It says Garfield the movie. Originally Garfield 2 is on there. Um, One Day at Disney just came on on yesterday. That's uh, the special hour-long look at um, like cast members and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and Thor Ragnarok comes on tomorrow. It leaves its Netflix deal. Uh, what Alice, is it? Thor Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Tomorrow. Um, Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is that live-action Alice movie recently, is coming on the 11th. You know, new episodes of your favorite shows every week. Um, Togo, which is a new movie. Starring William Dafoe, coming December 20th. December 26th, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Episode 8, leaves Netflix and comes over to Disney+. Plus. That just sucks for them in the sense they couldn't get it six days earlier when Rise of Skywalker comes out so people could watch it in time. Um, Pick of the Litter is a brand new show coming on there. And then December 31st, Marvel's Spider-Man, which is another cartoon series. That might be the one that uh, the kids were watching. Uh, oh. So that's what that's what's coming in December for everybody. There, oh, we'll so. be excited about that. Um, the reason why a lot of this stuff... And they've also... This is what else I want to say. Here we go. Um, the Disney Help, Disney Plus Help Twitter account has been uh, tweeting occasionally 
at people when they say stuff like, oh, I want this show on there. Sometimes they say, great, we want, you know, we want everything on there as well. But what they also, <laughs> it's something like that, you know. Um, but a lot of times what they're putting on there is, I don't think I have a picture of it, um, them responding to people saying that and saying like, oh, well, that show's coming. Uh, so like somebody tweeted at them about American Dragon Jake Long and it was like season one of that is going to be coming soon. You know, somebody said Weekenders and they were like, oh, Weekenders episodes one through whatever are coming soon. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, uh, what was one of the other ones? Uh, Proud Family's movie is on there, but Proud Family the show isn't. They were just interviewed, some of the cast members, and I know we reported on this before, but they again clarified that new episodes of Proud Family are coming next year on Disney+. Plus. So, it hasn't been officially announced, but all the cast keeps saying it. So I'm assuming once they launch the new season of Proud Family, they're probably going to put all the other ones up there at the same time. I'm excited for that. Proud Family was good. So, that is uh, about everything that we wanted to cover coming back. Um, Bit of a long episode, I guess. Not as long as I thought it was going to be. With all the stuff we had to talk about. Um, So, uh, you can email us at uh, BehindTheDreamsPodcast at gmail.com. You can catch us on Instagram at BehindTheDreamsPodcast. Facebook.com slash Beyond the Dreams Podcast. Twitter at BT Disney Podcast. That's everything. Um, you can, where can they catch you at specifically? Um, on Instagram at Allgaier Adventures, A L G U I R E Adventures. And like you said, the podcast is on there. And I update that quite frequently, especially with stories when I'm in the park. Right. So. During this hiatus, you were still very active on there. So, um, hopefully that kept us kind of relevant for a bit. Uh, (laughs) We're only two weeks away from when this um, episode is going up, because it's probably not going to be up until the 5th, from episode 9 of Star Wars. So, that's crazy. So, I guess we'll do another show after after that. Um, uh, Quickly, we both saw Frozen 2. Just quick thoughts on... Um, it was good. Um, it had more of a story than I thought it was going to. Like, I don't know. I feel like they never really tell you what it's really going to be about. Like, I kind of walked in there not really knowing exactly what it's going to be about. It was good. Um, uh, for me, that was good. Uh, it didn't, it good. didn't give me any sort of expectations. Yeah, because I feel like usually I walk in with a whole lot of expectations and I'm disappointed. Um, but... It was good. I don't think the music was anywhere near as good as the first one. Um, That's what was crazy. I, I keep having everybody tell me that Frozen 2 is better than Frozen 1. I'm like, what are no. you on? Uh, some people tell me the music is better than Frozen 1. No. I mean, I do like the music. Uh, uh, Lost in the Woods by Kristoff is fantastic, especially with the way it's shot, looking like a mm-hmm. 80s yeah. love ballad. It's great. Um, I, I really like Into the Unknown as well, but 
for me, I really like the Panic at the disco version, not as much as the... Uh, I like that version more than the Elsa version. Um, yeah. And uh, other than that, a lot of the songs weren't that memorable. Um, yeah. For me, it's those two songs. Uh, Olaf, for me, killed it, this movie. Much yeah. funnier than I thought he would be. Much funnier than probably Frozen 1 as a whole. The whole movie, I thought, was really funny. Uh, and funnier than it. Um, and, you know uh, what, though? Yeah. You set me up for, you set me up for disappointment. Really? Why would I say? You said it was funnier than I thought it was going to be, so then I thought it was going to be, like, hilarious, and then I was like, oh, I thought it would have been funnier. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it was. I mean, I, I did not think I would laugh as much as I did, because I guess I didn't in the first one, you know? Um, it, it was great. Uh, I really do enjoy it. It was much better than Ralph Breaks the Internet, which yeah. is the only other sequel that we have, right? When we Well, we also have Rescuers, right? It was another sequel. Um, but really, there's not been that many sequels that are part of the main Disney canon, as they say. So, um, yeah, that I, I liked this sequel better than, than last year's sequel. Yeah. And I'm really excited for the year of originals next year with having uh, Onward and Soul. Uh, and did, we got to see more of that Onward yes, preview. We did. Um, I think I'm going to like Soul more than Onward, even though I think I like the actors in Onward a lot. I think Soul is probably going to be a more powerful uh, a movie. Um, Onward seems just more fun, maybe. But, uh, like, Soul seems more Pixar, Onward doesn't. Yeah, yeah. the way yeah. I'm going to phrase that, I guess. And, uh, yes, I guess, I guess that catches us up. I'm probably going to forget something again. But, um, yeah, Frozen 2, uh, Disney Plus, yeah, I, I guess that's everything. Um, so if you haven't seen Frozen, go out there and see it, if you're a big fan of that. Um... And like I said, Star Wars coming up in two weeks. Black Widow trailer just came out yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it Yeah, it looks much better than I thought it would. So I'm fully on board now. But part of me is also just kind of wanting to get past this movie and get back to just brand new stuff like Eternals, Shang-Chi, and all that kind of stuff uh, just to kind of keep expanding the... Marvel Universe, but um, it looks really good. Hopper from Stranger Things, you know, David Harbour's in it. Um, uh-huh. Playing a Russian named Alexei, which is just poetry. Um, and uh, I guess that is everything for real this time. So uh, email us, Instagram us, Facebook us, Twitter us, whatever. Let us know your thoughts on Disney+. Plus. Did you have any issues with it? Uh, do you like the weekly model, or would you rather just be able to binge it all at once? And, yeah, uh, let us know if you get a chance to ride Rise of the Resistance. Uh, especially you, Christian, <laughs> let us know if you get to ride that next time. Um, and have a great rest of your day.